Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. <sighs> How y'all doing out there? In oh. podcast land. Yeah. <laughs> We're living the dream. So, I have a question for you. Sure. How do you feel about those travel trailers on the toll roads? You're talking about travel trailers? Like 18-wheelers? No, no. The people who pull their travel trailers behind their trucks and then get on the toll road. Oh, I don't care. Why? Even when they're in the center lane doing fucking 50 miles an hour and you get stuck behind them and you can't move because everybody else is doing 90 fucking (laughs) 5. No, that bothers me. First of all, speed the fuck up. It's a toll road, 90 and above, period. So if you can't do 90 while pulling that motherfucking trailer, get the fuck on I-35. And you thought I was going to get aggro. Whoa, chill. Oh, no, you're going to hate my story. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Honestly, though, this goes without saying. There's a whole problem here where we live where fucking people get on the highway and decide that 50 miles an hour is an acceptable fucking speed limit to get onto a freeway or a toll road no no no. speed the fuck up speed up you're gonna cause an accident it's gonna be you come on guy if you can't do okay maybe not 90 if you can't do at least 80 exactly while pulling that fucking fifth wheel trailer in your big dually truck get the fuck on i-35 exactly get off the fucking toll or move over to the slow lane you get in the middle middle fucking lane bro cause an accident that is what i dealt with on the way to your house oh well i'm sorry that's annoying while i'm trying for my happy meal to not fly out my car honestly i don't know how you did that i don't know how you eat and drive a standard at the same time once i hit sixth gear it's fine because i don't have to shift anymore well that's true that's valid but still (laughs) first of all for everyone listening i finished the happy meal before i got on the toll road you did? Yeah. Oh, nice. I finished eating before I got on the toll road. Oh, that's good. At least. And the box was shoved between me and like the gear shift. I just kind of had my arm leaning on it to make sure it wouldn't fly out. Oh, nice. It, it awesome. wasn't going to fly out. I just wanted to make sure it didn't because I don't. Don't mess with Texas. You don't litter. Yeah, no, no. That's a big thing for us. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't get people anymore, especially when they're driving on roads like that. There is, there are signs now, thank God, at least on the toll road. I don't know if they have 135 where it's like left lane passing only. Where no, it basically it's on the speed toll. The fuck up. But let's get real. I will, fa- I will pass you in the fucking right hand lane if I can't pass you in the left lane. Yeah. No, actually, I've done that a couple of times. I mean, granted, I'm not like even doing it on the shoulder. I had that happen to me once. Oh. I, I was like, holy shit. This person passed me on the shoulder. They got on the shoulder to pass me. Okay. The fuck? Can we discuss motorcyclists for a hot second? Sure. And I'm not talking about every motorcyclist. I'm talking about those crotch rocket dicks that fly on the dotted lines in between the lanes. Mm. Oh. Those motherfuckers. L- lane splitting, I think is what it's called. I don't give a shit what it's called. Yeah. You're going to die. I'm going to have to see it happen and I'm going to be traumatized. Oh, yeah. Well, and is it, are they doing it in like traffic? Or like just on a regular flowing road. Regular flowing road. Oh yeah, no, that's there's no reason. Traffic for that. and regular flowing road. Yeah, no, you're Both. gonna hurt yourself. 
hundred percent. Because and they're not wearing look. a helmet. Oh yeah. No, people don't look. People don't give a shit. They only care about themselves. And so, yeah, no, totally. In that case, it's the motorcyclist that only cares about themselves. Right, right. Yeah, he'll get himself definitely killed. I don't get Texas roads. I'm all for making sure there's not a motorcyclist there because they can be in your blind spot and you might not see them. But if they're following all the rules of the law, all the laws of the road. Yeah. It's one thing. But it's those people. Yeah. Yeah. Those people. I mean... Honestly, everyone just drives the wrong speed around me at all times. Look, can we just admit that? That everyone drives the wrong speed. Hello. Oh, big trucks. <laughs> yeah. Big, okay. We have a problem here that the big truck, not the truck drivers, not the long haul truckers. Right. I'm talking about these construction big trucks, mm. like the rock haulers. Oh, yeah. That yeah. just don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Where they have like a load of rocks or sand or something like that. And yeah. they will just pull the fuck out in front of you. And they can't get up to speed fast enough. But they just pull the fuck out of front in front of you because they're bigger than you and they don't give a fuck. Yep. And also like they oftentimes only have that like fabric cover over the sand or rocks mm-hmm. or whatever. So it like blows onto your windshield the entire time and rocks are coming out and shit. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah, no. I agree. As soon as I, I try to get around those guys immediately, because mm-hmm. you're right. That or they either drive crazy, like you said, or they drive really, really, really slow. Again, causing a problem. Point is, guys, match the traffic around you. If you're on a highway or a freeway, go match. with the flow of traffic. I don't give a fuck what the speed limit is. Right. Go with the flow of motherfucking traffic. That's what I learned when I was in driving class. They said, I mean, obviously in the in the school, they had to say, don't go more than five miles over the speed limit. But it's like, I'm sorry, but if 35 traffic in the left lane is going 80, 85, you got to go that fast. You have to go that fast. If everybody on the highway, all three lanes are going 80 miles an hour, you got to go 85 miles an hour because that's the flow of fucking traffic. Exactly. And otherwise, yeah, you could get rear-ended and serious problems can happen. So, well, I'm with you. I mean, I'm on your side on that instance. Yes. Sorry. That was just my frustration. No, no. While driving here today. You know me. I love a good road rage. I, I don't do anything about it. <laughs> I just rage. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Screaming. And you know, and I have no doors and no tops on, so I can really rage at people and they can really see me right now. That's true. Is it, is it upsetting to, it has to be harder to road rage in a Jeep. It has to be. Cause like I, I rely on my doors and my silence, me screaming over the top of my loud music, like, you know what the fuck? No, they just see you and hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you gotta pray to God they don't have a gun. Yeah, well, we can just assume that everybody has a gun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't do anything about it. I keep it in my car, and if they ever pull me over, be like, "Oh no, no, I was just like singing to my music." Yeah, no, 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 we're good. We're fine. Everything's fine here. But it is pretty terrifying to drive down the toll like that. I I still don't know how you do it. I don't really like it. What? Then don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Well, it's because I was coming from work today and I stopped to get the happy mail mm. that I was in a hurry to get here, but I will not go home down the toll. I'll take okay, the back good. way home. Good. I was going to say, try to avoid it as much as possible because, yeah, it's pretty gnar. I mean, you know, like we said, people going 90 miles an hour, so, yeah. I should get a helmet for when I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Might as well. <laughs> I have a roll bar on the top. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Safety first. All right. You want to piss me off? Again. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I'm ready. 
Have you ever heard of Jeffrey Hall? Hmm. No. Okay. Well, Jeffrey Hall was who he was, and he didn't apologize for it. I mean, we like people like that, huh? Yeah, depending. They're great. Mm -hmm. So he was actually an unemployed plumber who would patrol the U.S.-Mexico border looking for illegal immigrants. And he, Jeffrey once told the L.A. Times that, and I quote, I'm quoting Jeffrey Hall. I'm quoting Jeffrey Hall. I'm going to sit back here for this one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Shit pothole. Shit pothole. SP, SP, SP. Quoting Jeffrey Hall. Not our opinion. Nope. I want a white nation. I don't hide what I am, and I don't water that down. You know what? Here's what I will say. If you feel that way, no, we, don't, we do not share that sentiment by any means or stretch of the imagination. However, I'd rather know that you felt that way so I can avoid you. You know what I'm saying? Fact. Don't hide it. And you know what? Don't hide it. You know what? We will pray for you so yeah. you don't end up in hell with us. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we don't want you there. No. No. Mm-mm. So it shouldn't surprise you when I tell you that Jeffrey was a rising star within the white supremacists. No, honestly, not at all. Is he mm-hmm. a card-carrying member? Mm-hmm. Ah. He would speak at rallies promoting the goals of the National Socialist Movement, one of the largest neo-Nazi organizations in the country. What a misnamed movement. Isn't that socialism at all? Mm-hmm. There were 46 chapters within 20 states. He was actually the group's regional head for the southwestern states, and he hosted the monthly meetings at his Riverside home in East L.A. Did they say what his title was? Because they have the dumbest titles for all their people. No. Oh, man. Grand Dragon. Get out of here. No, that's the KKK. Oh, this isn't the KKK? What's the difference? Nothing. Mm. So there's a video of the group singing Happy Birthday in Jeffrey's living room, and they're ending the song with the Nazi salutes. That's classy with a K. Yeah. <laughs> with a KKK. <laughs> oh, KKK classy. K-k-k-classy. Oh, God. Love it. So Jeffrey's supporters called him a loving and dedicated father and a patriotic and charismatic leader. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. So let me describe Jeffrey to you because I really feel like you need to get the full picture of Jeffrey. Please. He had a cross and a rose tattoo on the back of his shaved head. He was addicted to meth and was abusive towards his wife and children, especially his eldest son, Joseph. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, we, Stand-up guy. We all got that Incredible. in our hands now. Incredible human being. Got it. So I know what everyone's thinking. Who did this asshole kill? His minority neighbor, his wife who had an affair with one of the in- immigrants. Nope. None of the above. Not what you're thinking. This shining star of the racist light was snubbed out May the 11th, May 2011. He was shot in the head at point blank range behind his ear while sleeping on the living room couch. Mm. Interesting. Now, I know there's a plethora of suspects with this fucker. Yeah. (laughs) As to who could kill him. I'm sure there were. Was it his minority neighbor? Probably not. Was it his wife who was really having an affair with one of the immigrants? Ooh, good for her. No, it was none other than Jeffrey's eldest child, 
Ten-year-old Joseph. Ooh, ten, sis. No. Sweetheart. So, given what you already know about Jeffrey, this really shouldn't surprise you that Joseph was often on the receiving end of Jeffrey's violent outbursts. Oh, God. So, May the 1st, 2011, Jeffrey had a neo-Nazi meeting at his house. And hours after the meeting was over, Joseph took Jeffrey's own revolver from the upstairs bedroom where his stepmom was sleeping and shot Jeffrey in the head behind his left ear. Mm. Joseph then told Krista McCary, his stepmom, what he had done. Krista had initially told the police that she had killed Jeffrey, but later recanted and said she was trying to protect Joseph. I mean... It makes sense. She's an abuse survivor, so she's going to do what she needs to do to keep up the appearance, and it's... There are no winners in this story at all. Like, this is all bad. Was she really cheating on him with the next-door neighbor? No. Oh. I just made that up. Oh, I was like, wow, sis, way to fucking step out. Okay. (laughs) No, I just made that up. Oh, my God. I was just trying to find suspects that could kill Joseph. Right, I mean, kill Jeffrey that wasn't Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me tell you about Joseph because everything will kind of fall into place for you at this point. Mm -hmm. So Jeffrey punished Joseph every day for something stupid, either being too loud or getting in his way. He was punched or kicked several times in the back. While in the police car, Joseph told the police... That he shot his father because Jeffrey beat him and his family members. He also told the police that his dad and stepmom had been fighting and were heading towards a divorce and that he was afraid he was going to have to choose who to live with. The night before Jeffrey was shot, he threatened to remove all the smoke detectors and burn the house down while his family slept in it. What? So this is what he said pre his own death. Right. I mean, honestly, just the statement that the 10-year-old gave to the cops alone shows that he is mature past his age a little bit. You know what I mean? He's, he, he knows what the fuck is going on. That's the thing. A lot of kids do. You know, people kind of underestimate. Like, oh, they're not going to notice. Like, yeah, they know. Yeah. Just get I divorced. Mean, they know. You know, is, Don't be is that it way. a surprise that... He shot his own father when the night before his father threatened to take the smoke detectors out of the house and burn the house down. Like, I mean, and, and also when you're living in a house with a lot of fear and anger like that and, and, and physical like abuse, to me, the idea of grabbing a gun is insane, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're living in that world, Mm-mm. it's not. It's like, yeah, no, this is the natural next step. Yes. So in addition to the physical abuse... Joseph faced, he also faced emotional abuse, and there was also allegations of sexual abuse as well. Mm. So what about Joseph's biological mom, right? Yeah. Where is she? So she was kind of a cunt too. Oh, great. And we can actually argue that she was a bigger cunt than Jeffrey because she continued to use heroin, meth, LSD, pot, and drink while she was pregnant with Joseph. Oh my God. I'm not a doctor, but this is probably why he had uncontrollable outbursts starting at the age three, and his paternal grandma had a hard time babysitting him. Wow. So I think we probably all saw saw this coming, but Joseph had a hard time in school. 
He was unable to sit still. He would throw violent tantrums at his classmates and teachers. He had to be physically restrained and removed from class. And at times, he was suspended for his behavior. On the first day of kindergarten, he stabbed his teacher with a pencil. There was a time where he tried to strangle his teacher with a phone cord. And I fully believe he actually had seen all these things already happen at home. Yeah. These weren't new ideas he no. came up with. He's acting out. He's he's acting out what he sees. Yes. And all the drug use his mom did while she was pregnant, I fully believe, led to this behavior. It didn't help his brain chemistry as a fucking infant. That's for sure. No. I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but... But okay, I, we all know not to to drink. I mean, like these are all like very well I mean, known. You heroin, don't do math. Yeah, she wasn't. Yeah, she was going hard. Yeah, yeah. So at ten years old, poor little Joseph had ADHD and a low average intelligence, and had been to six different schools before his dad and stepmom decided to homeschool him. Oh great! Yeah. And let's get weird. Oh my god! You know he wasn't being taught shit at home nor getting the real help he needed for the ADHD and everything else. No. My heart breaks for this poor kid. Like I said, there are no winners on the story at all. So, California CPS does a stellar job once again. Because we know how great of a job this state agency does. This is the Gabriel Hernandez Mm -hmm. agency, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's not... Yeah. So... There were 23 reports of alleged abuse, neglect, and poor living conditions. Court records say most of those accusations were unfounded. But when the police arrived at the home the day of the shooting, there was dirty clothes and empty beer bottles everywhere. The bedrooms reeked of urine and the mattress, pillows, and blankets were stained and soiled. So, you know, everything was fine. Nothing to see here. Those reports were definitely unfounded. Fuck you, CPS. How? How? 23? 23. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I understand. How is it that it can just keep happening and nobody goes, wow, this is really escalating. We've been out here 23 times. So tell me how. So none of the bedrooms smelled of piss. None of the mattresses were soiled. All the times the, that CPS investigated, that shit just happened overnight. Under, no, it doesn't. Overworked, underpaid, man. Way too many case files for everybody. Plus there's rampant, or at least there was corruption, remember? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just insane. Oh, but none of them actually did any jail time for that. Yeah. <sighs> I know. Anywho. It's, it's very wrong. Anywho. So what about the gun little Joseph used? Well, that was not the only weapon that was easily accessible to children. Which... Should have been part of the CPS reports, but you know, nothing to see here. There was a 357 Magnum that Joseph used and hid under his bed after he shot his dad, and there was a 22 rifle that was leaning against the wall in the garage, and an unlocked cabinet with ammo and other sharp weapons in it. Totally you know, normal. Totally nothing to fine. fucking see here. Yeah, we're good. So it should be noted that Joseph didn't take a lucky shot at Joseph. He actually knew how to shoot a gun. And it's because Jeffrey had taught Joseph how to shoot. Yeah. So being from Texas, we start teaching kids how to shoot at a young age here. So I'm like, meh, you know, hunting. Around six, seven, eight. Nothing to see here. Right. Yeah. 
But here's what I have a problem with. Jeffrey would take Joseph to the Mexican border with him, where heavily armed members of the neo-Nazi group would patrol for illegal immigrants. Is it patrol or hunt for? (laughs) I think we all know the answer to that, unfortunately. So during the police investigation that last, or interrogation that lasted more than an hour, Joseph, at 10 years old, was allowed to give up his Miranda rights. He was allowed to do this without an attorney's guidance or fully understanding giving what giving up his Miranda rights meant. It, wait, I'm sorry. He's 10? Where Where is the adult in this situation? Isn't he supposed to have a family member there? Not in California. What the fuck? So Joseph's questions to the police also show he did not understand death and the consequences of his actions either because he asked the officers at the crime scene How many lives do people usually get? Oh, good God. This is not a video game, son. This is the thing. So he's smart in the things he doesn't need to be smart in. Exactly right. Oh, no. This is awful. So approximately 45 minutes into the interrogation, the detective left the room because we all know this trick, you guys. We all know they do this. They leave the room. But they're still recording you. Mm-hmm. That's how they get a lot of confessions and all weird shit. <gasps> and Krista, you know the stepmom, yep. was recording telling Joseph that he didn't have to talk to the police if he didn't want to. She tells him this 45 minutes in. She waits 45 minutes to tell him this. But then says this. But it's good that you told the truth. We're going to readdress Krista in a minute. Wait, so was Krista in the room while they're interrogating him? Part of the time, yes. Part of the time. So, yeah. We're going to readdress Krista in a minute. There's so many things wrong right now. I, I, okay, keep going. We're, we're going to... Give me... So, when Joseph admitting to killing his father, he said he didn't think he would be in trouble because he saw an episode of Criminal Minds where a young boy killed his abusive father and he wasn't arrested. So, he thought the same thing would happen to him. It just shows you how young this child is. He's a child, and he obviously doesn't have the... He hasn't been taught about life. How the cops could keep going. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, we can't... What are we doing? What are we doing here? Yeah, there's a difference between you and police. Apparently. So, now here's where we're going to talk about Krista for a minute. Because she was the adult guiding Joseph. And here's the issue with that. It was her husband who was killed. And that creates a conflict of interest. And later, during trial, she actually became a witness for the prosecution. And this is one of the many reasons Joseph's appeals appealed to the Supreme Court in his case. Oh my God. Okay, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. Because if, if he had killed, uh, let's just say a kid on the playground. Different situation. Correct. But because she... Has no skin in the game. Mm. But this is her husband that was killed, and she is not his mother. Oh, God bless. Do you you see what I'm saying? Okay, now this is where it gets pissed me off. Don't get me wrong. All the Nazi shit is beyond the pale to me. But, like, this is his fucking 10-year-old child, okay? She's not wrong. Him telling the truth is a good thing in this situation. However, what she should have said is, we're going to get a lawyer, Who's going to sort this all out? Period. Do not say anything until this person arrives. And then they arrive and we go from there. 
See, she has interest in the situation. Of course she does. Of course she does. So, oh God. Okay. So because of Joseph, the issue of allowing children to waive their Miranda rights without any legal counsel is now the subject of proposed litigation in California is a pending appeal to the Supreme Court. Is it really? Yes. See, in California, they did not have a law that requires young children to receive legal counsel or a guardian before being interrogated. I'm actually surprised. So at this point in time, the police could pull in anyone and interrogate them at any point without them requiring counsel. That's insane. And only 14 states have laws that require children to seek counsel before interrogation. We can do better than this. <laughs> we can do better than that. Uh, yeah. So here's the good news. Senate Bill 1052 passed August 30th, 2016. So now anyone younger than 18 would need to be con- would need to consult an attorney or legal guardian. Legal guardian. So that wouldn't be Krista in this situation. Right. Before they were allowed to waive their Miranda rights before being interrogated by the police. And that's in California. That's great. But and damn. That's because of Joseph. Right. Okay. So it, need, it unfortunately needed to happen to show how insane that yes. is. Yes. So there's so many fucked up things in this case and so many different opinions. Joseph's probation officer testified in court that he posed a serious risk to the community. Joseph himself told police without being asked that he shot his father and he knew it was wrong and he felt guilty. But remember, he also asked how many lives a person gets. Mm-hmm. So there's so much fucked up with this. In a 60-minute interview with the Riverside County prosecutor who handled the he suggested that Joseph didn't entirely comprehend what happened and what was about to happen at the time. When he got to the juvenile facility, Joseph asked if he got to keep his shoes when he left. This just shows he didn't understand what was going on. So Joseph's attorney tried his hardest to keep him from being sent to a state facility and was trying to get him into a residential treatment facility. So to show he grew up in a home that glorified violence and that meant At such a young age, Joseph was unstable to understand right from wrong. During trial, Matthew, his attorney, he held up this photo. No, no. Everyone sit down. Joseph was holding a toy gun, giving the Nazi salute and smiling beside a hooded KKK member. It... That does not surprise me at all. So what... I'm sorry, everyone. What do you think is going to happen when you raise a kid to be like this? Right. I mean, that right there proves he doesn't need to be locked up. He needs fucking therapy. Yep. Because that's the thing is like, kids are impressionable on purpose. That's how we're built as humans. Period. You learn from the behavior, what's happening around you. And when what's happening around you is hatred, violence, and fear, guess what? You're going to be that way. Correct. And then you have all the the meth and the oh. crack that his mom smoked. Yep. And uh, and his dad was on meth, which I'm sure that made yeah. him super stable. Yeah. You know, real predictable, no big yeah. deal. Oh, and then he's living in a filthy home. He's living in his yeah. own filth. Yeah. Oh, remember his dad didn't work. Yep. And he's being physically abused. Yeah. And, and oh, wait, he's seeing his mother, well, stepmom, be physically abused yeah. as well. So... 
He's living his best life. So, and unfortunately, the, his sister testified in court that the day before, while they were playing on the swing set, playing on this swing set, like, we've got to keep this shit in fucking perspective, everyone, what he was planning on doing. So that, of course, worked against him. Right. And let's keep in mind, he's 10, and he's the eldest. So his sister's less than 10 testifying in court. This is, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? This is in 2011? Yes. What? This isn't the 80s. What is happening? I, it's like, what the fuck? Like, let's get a six-year-old on the stand now. Here we go. Like, what the fuck? Yes. So, in 2013, Joseph was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to serve 10 years in a California juvenile facility. But here's the, here's the thing. With Joseph's conviction, there are many child advocates and even politicians that don't agree with this conviction. I'm with them on this. Because they believe that Joseph has developmental disabilities. Oh, you think? Uh, yeah. Well, you he, think? He was, I mean, there's... <sighs> yes, keep going. <laughs> and didn't realize the wrongfulness of what he was doing and he didn't understand what it meant to be give his Miranda rights while being interrogated. 100%. Let's go back just one second. You did Nicholas Kedrowitz. Mm-hmm. That kid smothered his own siblings to yes. death. Mm-hmm. Knew what he was doing. Yes. Did it because he got pleasure out of it. This is a different situation. That kid, yes. kid needs to be put in a mental facility for yes. the rest of his fucking life. I know he's in jail and I really hope he's getting mental health treatments as well. This kid was younger because what Nicholas was 13 ish, we'll say, whatever. And a hundred percent, like we all just said about his family life, totally different situation. Yet he gets like 10 years and second degree felony charges. There's no way. Uh, the good news is Joseph will be out by the time he's 26. Okay. Yeah. So he could at least have a life afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, is he, now you actually volunteered at a facility, a juvenile mm-hmm. facility. Mm-hmm. I did. Do they, if the kid's young enough like that, are they, do they go to classes? Do they go to school? Yes, they do. Oh, okay, good. Okay. So he will have an education by the mm-hmm. time. Well, that's a positive at least because we don't, we all know the education he was getting was, wasn't happening. Right. So that's at least something good. So I'm going to tell you what he responded when they broke down his Miranda rights, because they did break his, down his Miranda rights, and they were like, do you know what this means? And even though his answers were wrong, they still let him waive his Miranda rights. Oh, good. So he was asked what he thought you have the right to remain silent meant, and he said he thought it, he meant it was the right to re- stay calm. Uh, mm-hmm. And when he was asked what he thought anything you say will be used against you in court meant, he just didn't respond. And then he tried to explain what he thought you have the right to talk to a lawyer and have a lawyer with you meant, but he just kind of like stumbled over his words. You know, like when you don't know what something means and you're just trying to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So not only did Joseph really understand his Miranda rights, but was allowed to waive them. He didn't even, and they didn't even read him as Miranda rights until about two minutes into the interrogation. <laughs> and while the officer was reading them, you know, she asked Joseph if he understood each sentence. And every time she had to correct Joseph or explain to him what it meant. So these are all red flags that she, he didn't understand what the fuck was going on. 
You need to stop. Do not pass go. Do not collect the $200. And, and they should have done it as they were taking him out of his home, not two minutes into an interrogation in the police station. Yes. They did so many things ass backwards. Yes. It's insane. So there's good news. According to his attorney, Joseph is in a juvenile facility. We don't know which one. They're keeping it under wraps. But he's going to school and he's a great kid. But don't worry, you guys, the National Socialist Movement, they have a whole webpage on their website dedicated to Jeffrey. No, I did not go to it because I was not giving those motherfuckers one single click. Good. And here's the bullshit I'm going to leave you with. The Supreme Court decided not to hear Joseph's case. Oh. Well, they also have now made it to where you can't go to the Supreme Court if your Miranda rights were enfranchised upon. In other words, if a cop doesn't read you your Miranda rights, you can't then use that in your trial as, oh, I didn't receive proper, you know, police interrogation, in other words. And so you can't then therefore sue and essentially say, hey, my Miranda rights were violated and or they didn't Mirandize me. The the Supreme Court basically just recently threw that out. So heads up, guys. (laughs) We're out here flailing without a paddle. I mean... Yeah, good times. Maybe you can just, you know, row that boat with all your kids. There it is. Yep, with all those those kids are making us have now. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Making really good decisions for people that I'm, won't impact us 50 years from now at all. I'm really glad I already had that hysterectomy. Me too. Honestly. Yeah. So instead of us being like June... We'd be the Marthas. That's the good part. We'd have to cook and clean, which is, you know, could be worse. Or would we be the Jezebels? Oh, yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, because then we wouldn't get pregnant. Because according to my husband, I would be a Jezebel. Whoa! He straight up said you'd be a Jezebel? That's actually kind of a compliment. You'd be, like, cute and, like, wearing all the cute little clothes and stuff. Well, I looked at him. I said, what the fuck? Why the fuck are you telling me I'd be a Jezebel? (laughs) And calm as shit, dead-faced, he goes, that right there is why you're Jezebel. Because <laughs> you talk back, and you don't take shit from nobody. He's got a point. He has a point. Yeah. I'd probably be Martha. Yeah. Yeah. You be living the good life, Rita. <sighs> Would I? Would I, though? I mean... Nobody rapes you. Oh, that's true. Ugh. What? 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 From now on, this country are we in right now? From now on, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast with Rita and Mora. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, at least now you understand the references like to The Handmaid's Tale, like the the show, you know, obviously popularized the book, but uh, yeah, dude, it's... <sighs> wow, that was an awful, awful Y'all story. Y'all can guess which one of us is Rita and which one of us is Mora. Oh, God. It's just... I really hope that kid has a good life after this. You couldn't be a Martha. You've been divorced. Ah, is that a thing? Ah, damn it. That's a sin. Bitch, that's a sin. Shit. Yeah, so I guess I would have to be with you and the Jezebels. God dang it. Well. We get the booze in the whorehouse, though. True. Do I get to meet Christopher Maloney? Only if he comes to rape you. Ah, that's a good point. Damn it. Again, no winners in this. Yeah, it's all bad. All of this is bad. This is horrible. Yeah, that was a bad story. But you did well on it. And I think, so he's, it's 2013, 10 years. 
2023. Yeah, he should be out soon. Yeah, next year. No, that's good because I, like I said, I really hope his life goes a different way than his entire childhood and entire development life because he just didn't have a fucking shot. Was that the only kid involved in the situation, I hope? In that family, I mean? No, he oh, had God. some... Remember, his sister testified against him. That's right. He had a sister. So I hope her as well, I hope she's out of that situation and away from those people because they're ugh, just some of the worst. I just don't get you it. You mean you don't hope his grand dragon brother-in took his sister in to raise her? Oh, God, no. I really hope not because that's... No. Ah, well, you ready for the treasure child? Because I just, we need to move past. <laughs> yes, please tell me they have a glitter arm again. No glitter arm. But for a treasure child this week, I picked Nicholas Lowinger, a kid who changed the lives of homeless children around Rhode Island and now the United States. I want to go to Rhode Island. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It looks really pretty. Rhode Islanders. Tell us. You know what's weird about Rhode Island? You can drive 30 minutes and be out, out of Rhode Island. That's great. It's weird. That's like, it's weird for us Texans. We drive 30 minutes and you're like, well, now I'm in a new city. Or you're still in the same one. Or you're still in the same city if you're in Houston. (laughs) Or yeah, basically any city with traffic, which is all of them now. I was like blown away by that idea that you can be in a different state in 30 minutes. Right? I'm here for it. Yeah. But it's beautiful. We should go. So Nicholas was born in 1998 to a Jewish family in Rhode Island that instilled giving back from an early age. At age five, he volunteered with his family at a local homeless shelter and saw that other kids his age or older were wearing no shoes, had torn shoes, or had to share shoes with other family members to go outside in public. Other kids had sores on their feet, and some even had to miss school because they didn't have shoes to wear to class. To quote him, I was devastated by this and wanted to help the children however I could. I started donating my gently used clothing and footwear, but often didn't have the correct sizes for the children. I knew that the only shoes that would fit them best would be new, correctly sized ones, and hoped someday I would be able to donate these. So, did he create new a shoe line? No, he didn't. It's not Tom's. <laughs> Although Tom's is a, is a good charity as well. There are 2.5 million homeless children each year in the United States as of 2013, according to SAMHSA, or the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, which is a part of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. This rate rose by 8% annually, meaning, and this is as of 2013, One in 30 kids were homeless. I cannot imagine after the pandemic. Yeah, and you know, it probably got worse during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So the crisis is growing. And then, of course, like, what can any one person do? Because that looks insane. It's overwhelming. Well, in 2010, it's so weird, synchronicity, that this is basically around the same time frame as your boy, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting, right? We do this all the time. We get a lot of synchronicities. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When Nicholas was about to embark on his bar mitzvah, love, one of the requirements was community service. And he was like, I know exactly what I want to do. His idea was to donate as many shoes as he could to children of all genders and ages. And he didn't just donate shoes, though. Okay, so like, that's what I would think. I'd be like, oh, okay, 
donate your gently used shoes, right? Did he donate whole outfits? No, get this. He called his local homeless shelters, first of all, to let them know about his idea, which I'll get to in a minute. He then wrote letters to footwear companies and private individuals. And I'm going to assume private individuals like rich people, you know, so he could get backing. Like, big O. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then he called the local newspapers to get the word out. He went to schools and churches to get them on board. And the outpouring of support he received was overwhelming. He was then able to get his own company started called Gotta Have Soul, spelled S-O-L-E. Well, I knew that. I mean, I know, but it's still fun. And then he was able to start donating new shoes to over 900 children in a year and a half. That's a lot of shoes. New shoes, too. So he's like calling Nike, Converse, like Adidas, like all these big guys. So think about that. Those are not cheap. No. Those are 40 bucks, we're going to say, on the low end. Yeah, that's that's a lot of shoes. And also new shoes. You probably didn't do that math. No, I did not do that math. I, I so mean, you keep talking. Yeah. At first, the, shel- the, the main homeless shelters he sent shoes to were in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, New York City, and Washington, D.C., which is probably how he got the attention of the Obama administration because I found a lot of information. In fact, it was, it was mainly him talking on an October 7, 2011 White House blog article by Ronnie Cho. And it was him introducing this kid who was like part of their administration's like check out these awesome people initiative, which was really cool. That's what I'm calling it. That's not official. <laughs> so let's just average out these shoes to $45 a shoe. $45. Okay. Let's say that. At 900 pairs of shoes, that's $40,500. That's a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. So get this, but now, 12 years later, he's 22, he has donated over 100 shoes to one over, over 100,000 children in every U.S. state, and the number is growing. Good job. I know. So why shoes, right? I mean, obviously, we, we heard about some of that. Shoes are obviously vitally important to function in our world, from foot injuries to not being able to go to school to low self-esteem because you see other children with shoes. I and mean, you, okay. Let's get real. We all know how important it is to have the right shoes when you hit a certain age. Absolutely. And and there was even a story on one of the websites I saw where he was, it was talking about, he saw a, a little boy was given girl shoes and he didn't like that. Cause he was like, I don't want pink shoes personally. Cause I want like basketball shoes. I want to be like the boys I see playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And so he totally changed his entire world having proper basketball shoes that looked like the other boys' shoes, and that were actually basketball shoes versus, like, I'm assuming maybe, like, a girl's Converse or something like yeah. that, you know? So, like, just think about that. And you know kids are can be real mean, you know? Oh, yeah, they can. So, like, and, and that's just how kids are. So sometimes they can get they can pick on someone, like, oh, you don't have, you know, like that. So imagine being on the receiving oh, end. Oh, there's Tommy. He wears the... His mom's converse. Exactly. So it's a whole thing as far as development goes. So get this. From his 2010 article on the whitehouse.gov blog, he said, quote, I believe it is very important for everyone to give back to their communities or the world in some way. People who help their neighbors or any person in need are role models for others. Kids especially make great role models for their peers and are very good at coming up with ideas that can help the world. No idea is too small, and you have the power to help the world. Our generation is the future, and I believe we can make the world a better place if we can give our time and efforts and follow our dreams. Aww. And that was in 2010 when he was around 11. Wow. So, 
Nicholas Lowinger, you are our treasure child. That is oh, incredible. Oh, good job, Nicholas. I want you to be my kid. <laughs> yes, I adopt kid. you. Dude, he's great. And I have all the links on our website blog. You can donate to them. You can also donate your time, which is really cool. And it's really neat. You can make like a monthly subscription thing and just learn about what they do. They're really a neat organization. You know what? We've gone two episodes and we haven't talked about what we're doing. Oh, yeah. I'll let you take it away. It was your idea. Well, we decided that banning books is fucking stupid. Yeah, we all believe that you should be allowed to read whatever you want. And actually... Let's talk about something. As much as we do not agree with anything neo-Nazi, do I believe that those books still need to exist on the planet? Yeah. Because you need to know, you, it, knowledge should be power. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you can should take know. that knowledge to fight against it. Correct. So, continue. So, back to banning books is stupid, and we do not agree with it, and we agree children should have access to books, any books, Especially books that help them know that there's other people out there like them. Mm -hmm. I found out that Texas is the number one state in the country for banning books. Yep. And that is bullshit. And so, and the books they're banning, the majority of them have to do with race and sexuality. And that is bullshit. And so I thought, you know what? How can these kids get these books well you know all those free little libraries that are everyone in everyone's neighborhood around everywhere well they're by schools too where kids walk home and if we put those banned books in free little libraries those kids now have access to those books to take them and read them and then put them back for the next little love pumpkin to come along and read them. Love pumpkin. I, love I don't know. It. it just came out. It's cute. Yeah. So we're going to purchase these banned books and put them in free little libraries everywhere. Not just by schools, but... In our community. In our communities and in our areas. And we encourage you all to do the same thing should you want to. Yep. Or if you don't have any free little libraries in your area but would like to contribute we have our p.o box on our website and you can send us some books and we'll throw them in some free little libraries for the children yeah exactly and honestly i and whatever you feel is appropriate for you we're not telling you what to do of course by any no, means no, no. but no absolutely and i think that's a great idea i was like that's actually brilliant because then it's like it's very it's not like an in-your-face, you know, a gotcha thing. It's just like a, here, you can provide the knowledge, we'll provide the knowledge and a free resource. It's not even a gotcha thing for me. It's no. just a, I don't think books should be banned and I think people should have access to books who want to read them. Totally agree. I think it's, I honestly think it's insane. Like, it's it's the, the craziest thing is like, I don't agree with what's being said, therefore ban it. That's not how the world works and some of these books that are banned it's absolutely ridiculous you're like why the fuck is this book banned like it makes no sense truly i mean like look at the books they banned back in the remember catcher in the rye was and all these ones and you're like some of these books are like elementary school children's picture books you guys right you're like come it's just insanity so because because there are two mommies in the book exactly which again sheltering children from reality doesn't mean reality doesn't exist I mean, the thing is, like, it's the child who has two mommies 
is the child who needs to check that out of the school library because they need to see that they're not the only child in the world that has two mommies or two daddies or whatever the case may be. That's the point of that book. Right. And also, if you don't have two mommies and you want to understand an outside perspective, you could then also read the book and go, oh, okay, that's what it's... See what I mean? Like It's not to... It's about to corrupt your heterosexual family. Correct. It's about bringing people together based on our shared experience as humans on the planet versus dividing us. And I think that's the main argument is this is dividing us more because it's basically categorizing all of us into these buckets. And it's like, no, no, no. What we're finally now doing is educating ourselves and our children from young ages about the world, about the entire world including people of color and LBGTQIA plus people. It's like, have you seen those, that video of those two little boys? Are they, I said boys? I'm pretty sure it's boys. These two little boys, they're convinced that they're twins. Oh yeah. And one is black and one is white. Exactly. I love that video. It makes my heart so happy. I may go find it later just to watch it. Or the one where the two little boys are running at each other because they haven't seen each other and they're best friends. I think that might be the same yeah i think i think we're thinking the same thing yeah but no it it just shows you because kids don't think that way until you teach them to think that way a perfect example is your story perfect example he would have in any other circumstance that kid probably would have gone to special classes gotten the help needed would never have shot anyone in his entire life Right? He would have never done the Nazi salute. Correct. <laughs> because he was put in a circumstance where that was his family. So yeah. anyway, we believe knowledge is power. And we, yeah, I think that I love that idea. I think it was so cool. And if y'all have other ideas, hell, let's, let's, let's like do our own little revel, like silent revolution. I like this idea. This is great. <laughs> I mean, I, the funny thing is I had this idea at like 5.30 in the morning while I was watching the news and I see Texas is the number one state for banned books. And I'm like, the fuck? Like I'm putting makeup on to go to work and I'm like, the fuck? This is bullshit. Like we're number one. We're number yeah. one. <laughs> number one. Exactly right. You can oh. see me, but I use the one that's in the middle. Yeah, the other number one. <laughs> So, yeah, and then it, I just had, it's like this idea, the free little library thing just popped into my head, and I'm like, the fuck you're going to ban these books? It's definitely not a list I wanted us to be number one on. No. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but feel free to, to help our cause if you feel so inclined. Um, well, it's awesome. That's a great note. We'll end it there. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.